What is up, dudes, dudettes, and all my beautiful people of the interwebs? You know what day it is. It is Saturday, so it's time to go beyond with your usual frauds here. Thank you for joining in. Welcome to the United States of Smash with the Smash Podcast. And I got to say, we're glad to be back. Of course, I know these two got some news that they want to talk about because they've hyped about it. Something I'm falling behind on, which I will take that. But it's going to be their moment to shine for once. Well, Solo shines, but I'm if it's not <laughs> one piece, you don't get nothing. <laughs> You're right about that one. But let's go ahead and get on with the rest of the crew. Back, as always, we have our resident artist and mastermind, the ever forgettable, but always making a name for himself, Mr. Soul King. What is good, y'all? God. Oh, hold on. I, hold on, guys. <laughs> oh, this man already. Already. Come on. Just make sure. Okay. Everyone's trying to get them commissions out of the man. That's all it is. Yep. I mean, this boy, this boy is making moves with his with his art. I'm telling you, man. You want to talk about King Weeaboo? Is that's this man right here? Especially if you want Naruto art, he's got you. Oh, we gonna bring that back up again. <laughs> <laughs> man, I thought y'all forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. hey, my phone always buzzing, man. I don't know why. I got. I'm about to mute it. Yeah, it's because everyone's trying to get the Naruto commissions. That's all. <laughs> you still haven't finished your Dragon Ball stuff, too. You got to show more of that 18 that you were working on. Oh shit. That one, I don't know if I'm ever going to finish that one, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we got the resident fraud, the man with no plan, Mr. Operation himself. Help me, Robin. Please, don't leave me his room alone. Robin, Robin, help! What's up, y'all? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be calling for help in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's good, y'all? Just been doing my regular thing. Started Batman Beyond again, because I never had a chance to finish that because of the um, DC Universe subscription. Which is pretty cool so far. Miss a couple of features that actually get on my nerves because you know Netflix, they spoil my ass, man. It's just it's 2018, y'all. How do you not have a dedicated skip to next episode functionality? Like that just pisses me off, man. I gotta click out the episode, they click on another one, just get it started. But that's my little mini rant. But I've been yeah, good so start. far. Let's start, man. Yeah, let's start. Oh, <laughs> um, right, man. Hey, uh, speaking of DC Universe, got a seven day free trial. You should do yes, that. Yes, indeed. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm uh. Gonna keep it after that. It's gonna be it. I'm, I, yeah, I'm low key. Like I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna keep it. And what makes it worse is, you know, like um, it's like Titans is bi week, bi weekly. It's not all at once. So like, yeah. That makes, so that's, that's gonna be that's the worst part annoying. of it. I'm gonna come back like at the end of the month when it's finished. Then at that point. So you're probably about to see the crew all have to like pitch in and get that one year <laughs> subscription together and all share because yeah, uh, exactly. we're living on the cheap side over here. Yeah, mm -hmm. they better have like a family plan or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> gotta have that family plan nowadays. I mean, what doesn't? Even like, Netflix and Hulu got a family plan. Come on now. Yeah, I understand the show is like airing on TV and the subscription as well, but it's just on subscription for as yeah, far as like, I can gather. It's reasonable if it's weekly, if it's airing on TV, like perfect example, like My Hero and everything that airs in Black Japan Light. on TV and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So like, we, we gotta wait till it actually airs to get it on the streaming service. But yeah. this is this yeah. straight on the streaming service. It should be already there. Exactly. But, whatever. It is one of those things, but since we're already on it, we're going to hop right into it right from here. And that's DC Universe premiering Titans finally went up and yesterday was the first episode. And so you and Op actually were the first ones to, to watch it out of the group. And y'all had some surprising opinions on it after how much we've been kind of joking about this series for the past couple months. 
oh, with everything that's coming out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you go back and watch the receipts, I was, you know, I was, def- I was defending. I had faith, man. Yeah, so so I was I was walking the middle line on this one. I was just like, yeah, it's corny, but I'm not sure. And uh, I was always I was always the middleman on this one. So was was the hardcore defender up. You were going head over heels, tearing <laughs> apart. Mainly star part. You were the one who had the biggest opinion. So why don't you kick it off? Hey man, Starfire rekindled my affinity towards dark skin women. That's all I'm gonna say, bro. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> he basically no. he just admitted that you like sisters. That's all. Mm-hmm. Hey man, yeah. ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, on a real, on a real note, this it actually started pretty good. From what I gathered from the series, well, the first episode is kind of more centered around Raven in the beginning. I don't know if, if that's how it started in the comics, but that's what I'm getting from the show. You feel the same way, Soul? Yeah, like like this. Don't don't like. I would say going into this, you know, show don't. Look at everything. If you're a comic fan, you know the Titans. Everything. Don't look at it as a as like anything similar to comic. This this is completely left field. This is like yeah. this is almost like you know Jared Leto's Joker type of thing. I'm. It, it's not bad, but it's like you know, it's not traditional. Like, right. It, it's a much different take. Is what yeah, you're it's saying. a very much different take. Like this is like very centered around Raven. Like none of the characters know each other. You know, and it's and it seems like, uh, you know. Just from like this, like what we're getting that uh, Starfire and Raven are connected somehow, and like, and that's never was really the, the like case in the comics, really. Right. I mean, you can't do the same thing from a comic. Got to do your own thing at some point. Yeah. But like from from what I like got from the show, I like it. Is like there were scenes in like the you know the the first episode where it's like, wow, they they're really not holding any like anything back. Like people were like you you're, you're seeing like very like graphic shit. So like, right. I, I was like, wow, they they really they zoomed in on it. I was like, okay, like they I, I like it. And um the only thing I would definitely say is uh Beast Fire. I said, I said Beast Fire, uh, Beast Boy <laughs> is CG is defucked terrible, bro. It's like it is garbage. It's like it's like sci-fi uh Sharknado terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit. Like, like, I expected it to be that bad, but damn seen it from it, it was like bad, but I was like I was like, bro, what is this? Like, <laughs> like, I, if I was even acting, like, if I was even in the show, I would like, I was like, nah, this ain't real. Like, this is terrible. But I guess that, that this is what they have to. You know, they probably was like very like low on budget at this point. So, yeah, that most of the budget went to Starfire. Yeah, it, it had to go to Starfire. It had to, but like that beast. Boy, looked, it was pretty decent from when they showed her her powers up a little bit. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Her the CG and you know the effects for her powers. Would look it looked good, but like Beast Boy, nah. You got a short end stick on this one. Nah, but like oh, overall, it was a it was a really good pilot. Um, I probably give it like a you know like a seven point five or an eight. It was good. Yeah, I give it like an eight. But like y'all know that one scene that we seen a couple times from the trailers that fighting scene with Robin. Oh know, yeah. That disrespect in the beginning, bro. I fell for him at that point. Oh like, yeah, but, they they, they disrespectful and like like. From you know, from like the trailer where we, we seen like he like you know like it looked like he was like killing yep. people and everything. Just watch it; that you will understand. I'm not gonna say anything other than that. Just watch. So we understand why he's all fuck Batman. Yeah, kind of, no, we're, we're starting to get. We're getting hints. Like we're, he, they're dropping them. Just, just dropped them. Like they yeah, dropped like a little small hint. Yeah, there's world building in this episode. Let's yeah. talk about his past and whatnot. He's being real vague about it, but we'll learn as the show goes. 
Yeah, and this doesn't take this takes place in Detroit. Oh, okay, in Detroit, yeah. huh? Yeah. I don't, I don't know why they they changed the location, but we we'll figure out why. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Like, real quick, Titans Tower. That's a real thing in the comics, right? Yes. Yeah. So how are they handling the show then? I don't know. I think that like like the thing is like this this is a completely different universe. I think even compared to like you know like like the Suicide Squad all that. I think it's like a whole like that's why you know like when we talked about like last last uh, episode where we're talking about like you know the worlds of DC. I mm -hmm. think they're just doing their else world. Like everything is going to be almost like completely separated and, and like until they want it to be connected. If they right. want to do like Crisis on Infinite Earth type shit, like where they want to actually bring people together, if they don't, if they like actually choose to, if so. Yeah, yeah that that's interesting because uh, I mean that's what we've seen a lot of what DC's done lately with all their live shows, especially if you look at what they've done with like the CW and all that. They've done their own different take on those stories and done their own direction. And while it pays homage and, and really has a lot of ties back to the comics, it is still very much its own universe and established. So what and, they're doing with Titans, that sounds pretty good. And you know, the funny thing about it is, like, you know, like at the end of uh, like every like CW uh, TV uh, TV show and they have that like that, you know, that end like credit, not, not end credit, but like that guy, like, I can't explain what he says. It's like a like. Like uh, previews the next episode? No, it's not a preview. It's like it's like an in screen uh thing. He was like, "Air, get off the screen," or some type, some type of shit. I forgot what it said. Forgot what he said. But like, it feels like a a CW TV show, and I think like it really belongs on CW. Honestly, like it, it like it and perfectly it, matches it, with a CW like TV show. And like, you know what's funny is that you would think that that they would do that because while i understand dc's trying to get their own thing warner brothers owns all that crap why not put it on their network where it shows that their superhero tv shows are shining very well you know it is one of those things that that could have worked out for them a lot more instead of having to put it behind this big subscription paywall that a lot of people aren't feeling yeah they, they feel like they're mismanaging at first with this show i don't know why they chose to keep it on just on subscription service maybe try to bolster the subscriptions but at the same time you want you got a new show coming out and get as many people to watch it as possible but yeah it's just weird weird but real quick um so how do you feel about starfire's wig because after seeing it it really didn't bother me that much oh so oh he, yeah he's he did he did oh. that for a little bit but oh. yeah my starfire her wig really didn't bother me that much because because before the show even started airing we saw like the, what the leak footage of her yeah, well, Cosmo's like, nah, I ain't, I ain't feeling this shit at all. And you talk, y'all talking about Starfire? Yeah, her wig. Yeah, he's asking. Yeah, like, if, like, remember, like, I remember, like, early on, like, like people were like, you know, attacking her and everything like that, and like, she, she actually came up like, yo, this ain't the real like outfit. Like, you guys just have to wait, right? And, like, be patient. They, like, they don't want to like, you know, spoil everything. But you know, like, even like recently, they said that, like, you know, from CBR to comic books, they said like, you will see their, you will see Raven. In Starfire's iconic suit, so you just gotta be patient. Yeah, hope it's not too iconic though, because her walking yeah. like Loki base. Like, but like you know, like they're they gonna give it like probably like a more modern take. That you know how like Robin's look, his yeah. look pretty like really good. So like, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, after yeah. seeing the show, it really didn't bother me as much as I did before. 
Oh, yeah, well, that, well, that's that's good voting for for what's going to come with the rest of the series in the future. And we just hope that let's just hope that for the fans who are looking into this, that we see that continue on in the rest of the season for for Titans. Uh, like the the funny thing about it, I think like the, this is what they should have did, you know, just to promote, you know, uh, like they streamer service because uh, yeah. like only only hardcore people know about this. Like, only hardcore people. They should have probably just they should have you know gave CW just the pilot, you know, just like yo, y'all can y'all can take a pilot or one or two episodes, get the pilot, and then constantly you know promote this shit like yo, this is gonna be on our our streaming service after on the third episode you can get y'all you guys can watch it there, this is gonna be like exclusive there and keep constantly promoting y'all get like a seven day trial or it honestly be a month. Yeah, they should went harder on promotion for it. So like nobody like they like nobody knows about this unless like you actually been like checking Pay up attention. on comic book news and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that's definitely the big thing is that there wasn't that much um there wasn't that much appeal or appeal or kind of advertiser for it. Yeah, you're you're right that there wasn't a lot going on explaining what the service is in more broader areas. Like, honestly, if they did do, as you say, use the first episode on CW to kind of help promote it, that would have done them a lot better. But, you know, yeah. that's that's not what we're seeing now, unfortunately. Now, I remember, I remember uh, like, unfortunately, like, you know, uh, Inhumans, it, it aired in, like, the theaters first. Like, the couple episodes aired in theater first just to promote it. it did bad, but, like, it, that's, that was a way for them to help promote just that show. And, like, I have a feeling it's going to do way more successful, like, you know, in the UK and everywhere else because it's on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at Black Lightning. Black Lightning was on Netflix. Uh, now they got Titans in Netflix in the UK and elsewhere, you know, that helps them out. But it's it's one of those things that why do, are they going to partner with a lot of these other companies to be able to put it elsewhere and put it behind their own streaming services here in the States? where a lot of people might not hear about it unless you're actively looking at that. That's only going to hurt the attention that your shows are going to get. Yeah. yeah that's, definitely gonna, that's definitely what's probably going to happen with, you know, Titans. I think it's going to pick up when, you know, like, Young Justice stuff like that come out. But right now, right now. Yep. And since we're on CW and DC, it's fall season. And you know what that time means. It means it's the return of superheroes, especially on CW. And this week kicked off with Black Lightning and The Flash starting back up before everything else starts returning next week. And I gotta tell you, I liked this this season premiere of, of The Flash. While a lot of people may have that, you know, villain of the week fatigue with The Flash, I tell you what, the story that it still tells for its overall story arcs are still really good because it does have that, you know, down-to-earth family feel to it. And this one is a definitely... A big one because if no one saw the end of season four, this is going to be your spoiler alert right now. Just heads up. Was it with you, Savitar, right? Yes. Well, no, that was season three with Savitar. Season but, four was with Thinker. Okay. Yeah. Spoil it. Go ahead and spoil it for me. It's, yeah. It's all right. But at the end of season four, after defeating the Thinker, there had been a character that had made multiple appearances throughout the series, kind of making some things, and people weren't sure what she was there for. Well, at the season finale, it is revealed that it is Nora West Allen, Iris's and Barry's daughter from the future. 
And where this season kicked off, it kind of kicked off with tying back to a lot of continuity that this series has set over the past few years because she went into the past because she wanted to be around Barry and kind of learn the history of the Flash because of the fact that if you remember in season one, Dawn was trying to to goad Barry into defeating him to le- making sure the timeline stays intact where it shows that the Flash goes missing in a crisis in 2021. Well, it turns out that where Nora comes from, it's 30 years after that and the Flash is still missing. So she never grew up knowing who Barry was. And they tied that all back together and even made some references from other characters to the overall continuity of things because Ralph Dibney was talking and and for those who don't know Ralph Dibney, he's uh, the elongated man. He he finally started catching up and I say catching up as in, hey, he's finally listening to what's going on with everyone else. Right. And he understands the concept of the multiverse now. Right. And he's talking about, you know, maybe there's a universe where they're all villains, which there was or other things such as that. Or he's like, maybe there's a universe where you didn't have your powers. And they're just like, oh, or maybe there was a universe where you died in the particle accelerator explosion. And that one went past a lot of people because in episode three of the first season, one of the characters was naming off. And that was Ebard Thawne, who was in disguise as Harrison Wells, was naming the list of the people who died in the particle acceleration explosion. And one of the names that he said at that time was Ralph Dibney. And that was all the way back in season one. But after Flashpoint in season three, Ralph Dibney's alive and now became the elongated man. So it was a very good aspect of showing how good they are about keeping the continuity and referencing a lot of events that have happened in a great way. And I love that. I really do. And then Black Lightning kicked off right because... Shit's picking up months right after the end of the first season. We saw how the first season ended. And everything's already going straight balls to the wall with characters trying to start making moves because they're trying to look out for themselves. And we're seeing a lot more of what's happening with the daughters of everything. And I'm loving it because I love seeing uh, Thunder and Lightning uh, showing up because Lightning is still learning her powers and we've already seen Thunder getting it as old girl. But... What we're starting to see now is just Black Lightning has the most potential out of any of the series because of how culturally relevant it is nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's super culturally relevant. It's like the, like the first thing the first thing you see is like you know like uh, police brutality, black black kid getting choked out. Yeah, they they go right into it. I was like Jesus Christ. And I was like, yeah, and then like they they they. They tied it into like you know like the the green light experiment, you know. So dude, exactly. I like it. I, I really liked it. Like and like it like I I'm not actually I just say check it out because I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But like it's really good. I like I like the first pilot for season two. It was really good. It really is. If you haven't seen it, the first season is is all the way out on CW app. As Watch, well it as that. Yeah. Watch it for free. Yeah. CW. Or if I believe I believe that it's still on the CW. If not, I know that CW has a partnership with Netflix. So as soon as the season finale airs, their seasons go up on Netflix like the day after, like the week after. 
so you can watch the entire first season. It's the shortest one. You know, it's uh, only 13, 14 episodes like that compared to the 26 of the other series. So definitely something you can easily stream in a day or so uh, if you want to binge watch something. And it's just, it's phenomenal. It really is. And to have another superhero like Black Lightning come out the same year that, uh, you know, right after Black Panther was killing it across the cinema, it was just perfect to have something like that going on, you know? Yeah. Definitely, man. But uh, real quick, just um, touch up on a flash because I haven't seen the first episode, of new season yet. Is everybody still a pathological liar in that show, or do they finally get rid of that? In what show? The Flash. Uh, no, everybody likes lying. Like, yeah, every, everyone's lying. Like, yeah. gotta keep Dang, the secret. Blah, blah, blah. I haven't like, I haven't watched it after the Savitor season. I need to catch back into it. So like, so I'm you're like, only a season behind. So season four was with the Thinker. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I didn't really like that one, so I I I stopped like halfway in. So yeah, the the thinker. Well, he's an interesting villain. I just don't feel like he fit well enough for for the show. But I mean, I understand why they had to do it because they need to break away from uh, all this speedster, all this speedster villains. Yeah, because that that's always what they seem to fall back on is that the speedster villains are are always the big ones, and it's just like no, give us give us something else. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Especially because Barry, he's the biggest liar. All of them. Hey, I, I'm the fastest man alive. Like the first thirty seconds of the show, then a new speedster shows up. Like, come on, no, I'm not. I'm faster than Barry. Yeah, shit. Yep. Speed. Barry. Oh shit. Okay, here we go again. Every time. Mm-hmm. But speaking of DC, they're making moves, right? And they've made probably one of the most aggressive, smartest and best decisions they've done in a while. And they stole talent from Marvel. Well, not necessarily stole, but they made the right decision. And that's, they hired James Gunn to write and possibly direct the new Suicide Squad film. And this is a good thing for DC because you're taking us a talented director and writer who has put together a big team film and has the humor as well as action and especially with his science fiction background to be able to do a lot of those things, especially when you're looking at characters like Suicide Squad. You know, there's so many different types of characters from so many different backgrounds that it's hard to to lose track of them as well as how to properly portray them. But he would actually be the perfect person to do that. And after Marvel completely said, no, we're not going to bring him back or anything, that was a major loss because of the kind of personality that James Gunn has. Now, again, we already know about the whole controversy with him, and we don't need to go too much into that. But the fact is, he did try to do a lot of things right, and even made up for that back then. But because of the the heavy-hitting comeback on the controversy now, they wanted to step away. But DC is just like, hey... We don't care. We want you. And they made the the smartest move by trying to pull him towards them. Right, man. This is this is pretty much the equivalent of when who is it? EA losing Casey Hudson, like fire him. The Ubisoft come and picks him up. This is pretty much the equivalent of that, though. But um, yeah. Yeah, this is re- this is really a smart move by DC pick up um J- James Gunn on this project because me I'm I'm so little iffy about him directing Suicide Squad because I still want the series version of it. But at the same time, he's a good director. He's a good screenwriter. He, 
he knows what he's doing, so I'm pretty sure he can do well. He can do justice by the um, Suicide Squad brand. Yeah, Hell yeah. And then, you know, the successes, like, it it might follow him, but, you know, people are probably just bound to hate DC just in general. But, like, right. I, I think it's going to be, like, you know, it's going to be, like, a good film, hopefully. Yeah, I'm pretty sure after these Aquaman movie and, like, the Shazam movie, if they actually pull through, this hate for DC is probably going to evaporate. I don't, I, I, don't so. see, I don't see it evaporate because, you know, people love, you know, to compare Marvel and DC. I'm going to be hopeful. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I think that we'll see a much different turnaround, at least on the DC camp on, on the support, because we're going to see if Aquaman kills it with their success and that Shazam does next year as well, shortly after with Suicide Squad, they can definitely set up a whole new precedent for how DC films are going to be looked at. Honestly, I honestly think like just to touch on like Aquaman, that might be the that might be right like it might be that's gonna be the, right underneath Black Panther or like you know like as as Black Panther is the best origin story and it sold the best. It had like two hundred million. Mm-hmm. So I think Aquaman might be a, like around there or a little bit lower because that, that movie looks amazing and like I don't I, even, I don't even give two shits about Aquaman. Right like, from there, like two hundred million. Nah, man, I think. I so think, me opening, like, oh, just, open. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it was like 280 million opening, yeah, but yeah, it probably was. I'm I'm just like throwing like a number out. I know it's like around 200 million for sure. Yeah, it, it was definitely around there, but yeah, talk about for opening for a solo character. That's the film. best, that's the best origin like solo film of any like superhero movie. And I think the Aquaman is going to be around it. It's probably going to be like top it's three. comparable, yeah, because yeah. a lot of people were really digging the, the film. When they tease it, it's definitely got the possibilities to do it. Yeah, like what Wonder Woman did for DC when that dropped, I think Aquaman's going to do the same thing for him. I Maybe think not big impact, but I think crazy number. I, oh, that the movie already looked done. It just looked like they about to just go out there and like you know just tour it and just like show off. Like you know how like Will Smith was showing off uh, Bright for Netflix. They're gonna yeah. have you know they're gonna have uh, uh, Jason Momoa just go out there like touring, just having fun. Cause I know it looked like the film is done. CG, you know all that looks done. Yeah, it's definitely looking good for um DC right now. Titan starting off good. Aquaman. I think, I think yep. they found their, their niche. They, yeah. they they were trying to ride you know the Marvel uh, continuity wave. Like we always got to have every movie connect to each other. Yeah, That's the that. only way we can do it. And I think mm-hmm. they just like you know what we just gonna make individual stories, have them stand alone, and yeah, we can have we can have multiple you know multiple actors play their version or an, uh, another person's version of that character. And right. See how that goes. Exactly, and so and, and and that hurt them in in that run. You know, they tried to do too many things, try to try to follow that that ride, and they lost track of why it succeeded in the first place. You know. Yep. Yeah. So now they're having to to redo it, and now they're they're redoing it in a great way. They are taking their time. They are trying to do a little bit more with it. They are trying to focus on it, and now they're looking at talent and having someone like James Gunn. They just James they just, they just, yeah. Yeah, they just got a, a heavy hitter, and like most likely they're gonna try to build a good relationship with him and have him fish from many other films. So exactly, and, and, and on top of that, they probably going James Gunn is going to you know refer other people and like, and then on top of that. Um, Dave Batista, yeah, Dave Batista. He he's already ready. He's already in it because that's he's that's a good friend. He's a good right. friend of James Gunn. So he's yeah. like, listen, y'all throw me a wrong minute. What's up? Like, <laughs> exactly, man. He's already like, fuck Marvel. I'm gone. So yeah, because because as as that ties into what we were about to talk about is that Dave Batista 
has already stated that he would want to be to sign on with James Gunn because he was one of the first people that was tweeting about the news as soon as the announcement came out away from DC's official uh, Twitter page, uh, making the announcement alongside their announcement for you know Flash Year One and all that. Mm-hmm. So like, sign me up. I yeah, think, I think I think Dave David is like you know like tired of like you know Disney and like just. It's probably I think it's, Disney, it's, it's more Disney than anything. Just how they, yeah, the, their, the way they move. And I, yeah, I, and I and I cannot and I can definitely agree with that because while we love what Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios is doing, and you know the family that they've all built among all the actors and stuff like that across the MCU films, we do know that they do have to make certain moves within Disney politics. And while Kevin Feige definitely has a lot of pull. He still has to answer to to Disney overall. While they give him the keys and the freedom to do pretty much whatever, he still has certain things that he has to fall within, you know. Right. And we saw that he was trying to get James Gunn brought back on, but Disney said, "No, we're we're not going to do it." I think the, the the best thing they did was you know keep the his you know his script. But yeah, yeah. If they threw it out the window, ooh, it'd have been done. I like I, yeah. I honestly wouldn't even watch it. I'll, I'll be real with you. Like, Same. But that's a good thing. I mean, and the most likely definitely mean, like, you know, Davis, he's he's still in uh, Suicide. I said Suicide. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Most likely he's probably going to, like, be dead or whatever. They're going to kill him off eventually. He's probably going to bite it in that one. It'll make sense, though, because he, he's already getting ready to leave. Like, he's, you yeah, know. It's, it's, he's, he's, he seems like he's tired of being under, like, contract with, like, Disney. Yeah. Yeah, but and and it's gonna suck because he does great as Drax, and we've seen a lot of good stuff. But I think it's just you know, like I said, a lot of the politics from Disney that is making it hard. Yeah, this might be the, the last, you know, because he they said they only do like you know trilogies, really. So this might be the last Guardians, and they're probably gonna do like spinoffs, like you know, Groot and Raccoon or stuff like that, but. Uh, I think I think Drax is like honestly done. He's like whatever, because I doubt they will ever give him like his own solo film. Just because even though he brings like the most you know entertainment in the Guardians of the Galaxy, to me honestly, yeah, I I love Drax's uh, interactions and and his just his personality as a character, like especially like what we got to see in Avengers uh, and Infinity War. You know the whole <laughs> the whole invisibility scene and. That was just that was just beautiful. It wouldn't have worked with anyone but Batista's sense of humor portraying yeah, the, the Gamora, the Gamora scene. Who's Gamora? What's Gamora? Was that was the, wasn't that the Gamora scene? Yeah, the the where's Gamora? And it's like who is Gamora? I'll do one better. Why is Gamora? Oh, yeah. like, that's when, that's the, um, some of the Avengers on Titan. Yeah, when when uh, Doctor Strange and. Uh, Iron Man and Spider Man all attacked or attacked by the the Guardians. Yeah, uh, he he just he adds a lot of you know like fun elements to just the Guardians Galaxy because a lot of times it's, it's bland and, and very boring. It, it really can be, but it's it sucks to see that that a character like that is 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 going to be out of the picture and that the actor's walking away. You know, well we understand why you know. Chris Evans and uh, Robert Downey are walking away. They're still staying as producers and and staying on the projects. They're just not going to be actively uh, on screen unless they stated like that. There's a really good script for them to come back on. You know, it, it's one of those things that just kind of comes with the territory, and, and it sucks to see. 
Yeah. But going from there, um, speaking of Marvel, Netflix and Marvel are uh, sharpening that axe because uh, they just made the first cut. And by that, I mean they pulled the plug on Iron Fist. Oh, man. And I, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the second season. And that kind of shows where Marvel's willing to go to an extent, but at the same time, they're not afraid to pull. And we're, we're kind of seeing that they're not afraid to pull projects. Um, they've never been afraid. You know, Disney's always willing to pull, pull a project if they don't feel like it's going well. And it sucks because I enjoyed the first season. I knew where it was weak and where it was with the acting, but I haven't seen the second season yet. So, so don't hold this against me too much just because, you know, got to save that money for Netflix. Um, y'all talked about it and said how the villain was a little bit better, that the fighting was a little bit uh, or a lot better compared to the first season, and that the story was actually more adequate. It still had its issues, but it was definitely a much better step in the right direction compared to the yeah, first like, season. Season season two was, was uh, beyond better compared to season one. Like, even... But, the, like, the one thing that I understand why they did it is, like, you know, canceled it was because Danny cannot drive, well, you know, whoever that, I forgot the name of the actor, actual actor. But, uh, Danny, oh, cannot, the... Danny cannot drive his own, his own show. He's, he's usually more like a, he's like a sideline character, even in his own show. Like, there's characters like Colin Wynn, a wing, and uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of other characters in there. That you know, Davos that that outperform him like greatly, and you're like, wow, like he he really doesn't stand out nowhere. He seems more like an annoying character, uh, like uh, he doesn't fit. And I understand why they did it. I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it because of the other characters. Yeah, yeah. You're you're talking specifically about Finn Jones, how he doesn't seem that he can fit as the main center of a character. Yeah, yeah, and I. I honestly think, like, you know, like, you know how we've been talking about, like, they most likely going to, you know, do another spinoff, like, you know, the, like, you want Colin Wynn and, uh, and Misty Knight. They yeah, the, I want, I want Goddess of the Damn Dragon. They're most likely going to do that, or, and they most likely going to have, give, you know, Luke Cage and, uh, and, uh, uh, Iron Fist, you know, their, um, their spinoff. Superheroes you know, like, for Hire. Yeah, Heroes for Hire, so. I, I can see that working, because I love, even though I love season two of Luke Cage, and you know I got to, it got introduced with Bushmaster and everything like that. It, it, I guess a lot of times, like you know, critically, it performed mediocrely. So I think combining those two together would make you know a good show, and just the way they interact with each other, I think that would make a good show for them. I think that Misty Knight and and Colin Wing can make they they steal the show honestly for you know Iron Fist season two. Yeah, their interaction yeah. is really good. So. And I, that's been one of my biggest like anticipated wants for a show, because I agree that Iron Fist and 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 it's again it's nothing on, right uh, it's nothing against Finn Jones. It, it really does come down to the writers and how it is. But sorry, bro. Does, be right back. Oh, you're good. Well. It feels like sometimes Danny can't really center himself, which is a sad thing because Iron Fist is a is a very interesting and cool character, even from some of the lower level heroes. But we really did see him shine with his interactions with Luke Cage in the Defender series, while a lot of people didn't like the Defenders. 
it was the characters' interactions together that really helped to to sell it. While Jessica Jones can stand on her own, while Daredevil's able to stand on her own, and Luke Cage definitely can, I feel bad for Iron Fist that he's not able to get some of the same kind of standing that those characters get. So if we were to see, like, instead of season three of Luke Cage, that they start to switch it over to Heroes for Hire and bring Danny back and, you know, have them really kind of push that friendship and go into this business because they already set the seeds for Heroes for Hire and the Defenders. That would be perfect for those two characters. And Colleen and Misty Knight have always been more interesting side characters on their own. And we got to see them really build that relationship and defenders as well. And now hearing that in season two of Iron Fist, that their interactions become more commonplace and start setting a lot of foundation right there. That only further pushes the drive that they really should do Daughters of the Dragon because those two characters together are some of the most badass female characters and can really put a series all their own. So that that's one of those things that I really hope that they do pursue because having those kinds of shows, it gives them, it still keeps the characters around. They're not completely, you know, written out and not talked about ever again. And it kind of gives more focus because it allows them to do more different types of stories or mix villains between those characters because of the fact that they're pulling from two different sources and it makes it more fun and enticing. Like when the first time you saw Danny Rand or Iron Fist go up against Luke Cage, Luke Cage is, you know, Mr. Bulletproof, the you know, he was able to walk around and not ever have to worry about getting hurt by anyone except, you know, a lot of the the snakes who attacked him, like Cottonmouth and Striker and Bushmaster and stuff like that. But when he came up against Danny, a man, he thought that he could just take like it was nothing when he was sitting there stopping all the martial arts. And then suddenly he gets hit by the Iron Fist. He's like, yo, what is this? You know, having some of the other characters like we've seen that go against Iron Fist who can do the same thing with their chi, you know, it would be a much interesting take on how that kind of plays back and forth between their their friendship and everything else, you know? So it, it's definitely okay, an back. interesting take. All right, cool. So it would definitely be an interesting take on how it all can play out, having Danny Rand kind of link up, and instead of doing a season three of Luke Cage, well, they could do that focus and switch it over more to focus on heroes for hire and let those two play out and mix their stories and villains because then there that adds a whole lot of back and forth as well as letting some of the other side characters shine out because Colleen wing and missy not really do steal the show on their own so letting them get get daughters of the dragon really would help out with that appeal as well i think that uh I'm, they're gonna probably try hero for hire after season three just about how you know the story is going after season two so after season three, I think they're going to be like, yeah, maybe we should try spin also. So you think that besides setting up for more Defender series later, you think that after season three of Luke Cage, they're going to do Heroes for Hire and keep those two paired up together? Yeah, I think that's how it's really going to work because, you know, people really didn't care really about Defenders. And I think like, Defenders usually fight like you know, kind of big characters that yeah. you know, like Avengers and everybody are too busy fighting, mm -hmm. too busy like fighting other big characters. But I don't see them like actually doing that for uh, Defenders. So, and uh, Defenders I mean, really didn't get pretty like it was pretty boring. It was pretty stale. And 
I liked a lot of the fight scenes in Defenders. I thought it was really yeah, it was, good. It was pretty good, but like, I don't know. It just felt, I don't know. It didn't feel good to me at all. I, I, think, eh, I, I expected like almost like Avengers type scale. Not like to the extent like everything's like, like, like action scenes are like super crazy, but. Well, I mean, it kind of got to that point by the end of the series if you, if you pay attention to what was going on with the hand and and everything yeah. else. But like, oh, I don't know. I think they can't. I think they, they can't do more with continue. it. Yeah, I can't. I don't see them doing more with it. But but I could see them you no know, doing more with like spinoff series and having those those individual characters do their see, own. They- thing. The only issue with that is they got to be careful not to do too many spinoffs because that's going to throw people off about everything that's going on, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, like, um, honestly, like, you know, like, Daughters, with his Daughters of the Dragon, the Herald Fire, I think, I think yeah. those, those are, the you know, the two ones they're, they're mainly going to focus on because, you know, um, Daredevil and Punisher most likely can hold their own regardless. And if anything, if they wanted, they, they already showed Daredevil versus, like, uh, Punisher, so they really don't need to show it again. But if they want to, it would be a it would be a good fight. But they don't need to have a spinoff. They just they appear in each other's like you no know, own like uh, series. Yeah. So yeah. like I, I like I don't see it. Like I I only see them doing like two other spinoffs, and then besides that, they see that those Daredevil and uh, Punisher can hold their own. Yeah. I think they definitely could. So it, it's definitely going to be be one of those things that is going to be interesting because Daredevil, Punisher definitely can hold it on. And Jessica Jones can. It also just kind of depends on what the story was. Like the first season was great. The second season faltered a little bit because it yes, revolved around. The, oh, my gosh. Because it revolved a lot, a little bit too much around her mother. And it, it kind of dragged it out certain parts. Like I definitely was okay with the side story of her friend because uh, she even like even like you know like you know like they showed her mother and then a side story with her friend and everything her friend is very 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 annoying it just a lot of everything that was happening that that show was very annoying like like i remember i said and like you know, see i was stuff. i was fine with with i was fine with her you know with her friend's story because while she was annoying it was showing how she transitions into hellcat yeah, which yeah, I'm perfectly I, fine with. Yeah, but I totally was, understand that. But like, it was, it was mainly her, her mother that kind of dragged it out. Yeah, that 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 was also, and like I don't know, Jessica is she's, it, it seems like there's no character development for her. It's like she's still doing the same shit, and it's pretty annoying to me. Yeah, so we'll see how that plays out in the next season. Like I said, she definitely can, but it also depends on the storyline that they're going with, and and that that's what's really going to drive her, unfortunately. Yeah. But to kind of segue from there, we're going to go ahead and talk about something else here within Marvel, and that's Ryan Coogler, the man, the myth, the legend who created the biggest black superhero movie of all time with Black Panther, has been hired to direct and write the sequel to Black Panther. This was a no-brainer. It was going to happen. (laughs) But the fact that now we're getting the official confirmation that the man is coming back, I am absolutely excited for this because we saw just how big Black Panther was. We saw just how many records it broke, the effect that it had across the world with its with its film and with its appeal. This is going to be something absolutely unique. 
So what do you want to see out of the sequel? Um, honestly, I would like to see like it's hard to say. I don't know. I probably would like to see his because they they probably didn't, they're probably never gonna do this, but like he like he had like a uh a, a there's like a a guy who dresses up like you know a panther in America and he's like he's like he used to be a cop and everything. I wanna kinda see something like that in you know the new Black Panther. So you, you think they're gonna do you so you feel like they're gonna do a new Black Panther? No, I'm not not a new Black Panther, but I, I wanna see them like introduce each other introduce them to them. Yeah, that'll be interesting because it also depends on what time frame or timeline that they go into this because we don't know if this is going to be before Infinity War or after Infinity War. What's going to happen? Think, I don't to, know. Uh, I think they can't do it after. I can't. I, I think they can't do it. You know, before Infinity War because it's because the timeline is already janky as it is. You know, for um, for just Marvel films in general. So I think they would have to do it after because that's like you know that's a five year. Like it, I think it has been confirmed. Like it's, it, it takes place five years after. Like if Avengers four takes five five years after you know the first uh, Infinity War. Yeah. So it, the timeline is kind of all over the place with the film. So all there's definitely places they could do. It is like after Infinity War to Avengers four. After the five year gap that you know T'Challa has been gone. You know. It, it's going to be very hard, so it's going to either have to be after Avengers 4 and whatever happens out of that, or, you know, anything before that, such as after the original Black Panther, but before Infinity War, and it shows him, you know, doing more stuff. So, you know, what I really would like to happen is, like, I know it, it's for damn sure not going to happen is, like... Queen Shiri? Queen Shiri? No. no oh, um, man, I want Queen Shiri. They, um... They either introduce like uh, the Fantastic Four, the, the like the traditional way of like, it, well, not the traditional way, the opposite way, because the way we got introduced to Black Panther in the comics was they, they that they went to Wakanda and ended up getting yep. or getting attacked by him, and he was testing to see if he could use them to help him out. Yep, and he like he like he fought he fought each individual like you know uh, a member of the Fantastic Four. He tested like, all right, y'all y'all are very good, and I. I I see what y'all can do. And they actually try to, you know, get them to join them as well. He's like, nah, I'm good. But would they do it the opposite way? And that's how they introduce the Fantastic Four. Give so that's that'd be good. I like it. I like it. Or they could just do the story where you know, uh, you know, Namor, because you know, like Atlantis and uh, Wakanda had they had a relationship back in the day. And they could go to the past, you know, show like the first black like Black Panther and his past and how they became enemies to Atlantis and all this stuff, and they introduced Namor. I like that. I don't know. I would like that because the people really don't know who the Submariner is. Like, people don't don't realize that the Submariner came before Aquaman, yep. and he was, he was the foundation for the Avengers way back in the day. You know, the Submariner is one of the top three characters of all time, especially for Marvel, right next to, you know, Human Torch and Cap. Like he came out during the golden age. Like we're talking thirties and forties. Yeah, it's super, super old. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those things that 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 just kind of sucks that he's really not gonna. Well, I would definitely love to see them do do that, 
I just I don't I don't feel like they're they would like they could but yeah they they they're not yeah that's what I'm saying <laughs> they could but they're not I don't know because it's it's a possibility because I know Ryan Coogler did say that he does like the Submariner and that originally he wanted to use in the first film he wanted to use Craven the Hunter but you know that Wait, that didn't work out what you just said Craven he might be a part of the second film then Craven the Hunter so yeah, they they could they could pull out Craven the Hunter, so that could be a big possibility for what he does in the sequel. Like, there's there's quite a few options of stories that they could do for these films, you know. Uh, and and I'm I'm gonna say this: I trust Ryan Coogler's vision because the way that he portrayed, you know, Eric Killmonger, the way he rewrote that story and everything else to give it a brand new modern take, but still give homage enough to their origins. I'm gonna tr- be able to trust what he does in this next film. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's so much they can do. They can introduce, you know, because um, uh, you know, in the comics, uh, Black Panther has a, a older brother, and uh, Charlie has an older brother, and like he he had done some like really shady things just to like keep uh, Wakanda the way it is. Like he uses guns, he kills people, and everything like that. Yeah, oh, they they could do a lot, and I I can't wait to like they just show just a, a, a snippet of what we can get, or just like a costume, and I'm like I'm just gonna go with the theories from there. Yeah, once we once we figure out when they when he starts working on it, because this is still pre-production stuff, because they just said, hey, I'm gonna uh, that he's gonna officially start doing it and stuff like that. We still have yet to see any of the actual what's coming out of it or anything like that you know so it's yeah. gonna still take some time but i really do hope that we get to see something soon yeah i, I agree i don't know i just i think of they i would say their devil needs to be he needs to actually be put on like the silver screen now i think it's time to like actually put him on the silver screen so he can he can do a lot of things with like some of the characters that we got like marvel like spider-man and black panther yeah i would definitely say that that Daredevil deserves a second chance on the big screen. I thought my computer almost cut off. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait till they show us what, especially what Cougar is, is, is cooking up. Yeah, it's gonna be something interesting. But from there, still speaking on Netflix, the Netflix Witcher series for all you. Gaming fans out there, lovers of the Witcher series, whether you play the games or the books, they have officially casted the first two characters to play Yennefer and Ciri. And I believe it's Anya Charlotra is going to be playing Ciri. And Freya, no, Freya Allen's going to be playing Ciri. And Anya Charlotra is going to be cast as Yennefer. And these actresses look great. Don't get me wrong. But right now, I don't see them in these characters. However, they haven't been shown in any sort of makeup or anything like that. So we still don't know how they're actually going to look. But they do have a lot of facial features that can go well for the characters. But it is still going to be one of those things. And I'm still hesitant on the series. While I love the Witcher franchise. And I've watched my roommate play through both games. Because I never finished the second one, which I really should. Um... When they first announced the Witcher series, I didn't want them to focus on Geralt because originally it was supposed to be a story about another group of people 
caught up in that universe and that he appears, but I didn't want it to be centered around Geralt because what makes the Witcher series shine as well is the stories of all the other people that Geralt runs into, you know? Yeah, like, I, I never really, you know, like, got into the Witcher series. I tried with three, but I, I felt like I just didn't understand anything because I never played, like, you know, the first two, so. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, like, just by, you know, like, the cast of what they show, you know, Siri and, like, the other lady, they, they look spot on, but I'm just confused because I thought, like, she was, like, kind of older. Unless, like, they're going, like, back to the path where they're younger. And I guess he's going to train them, I guess. No, Yennefer is probably roughly the same age as... Uh, I think she's much older than... Uh, I believe she was much older than Geralt. Because as a... I think she's a sorceress. They live a lot longer. And witchers, while they live a lot longer, uh, huh? she's much older than him. But Ciri's also younger. Because Siri was kind of like their quote unquote daughter, because of the fact that she was young and being trained to be a witcher by Geralt when he was still at the witcher school. Okay. Yeah. I, like, I remember, like, I think I remember seeing her in, like, you know, the, the intro of, you know, like Witcher 3 while you're training and everything. So that was yeah. her, right? Yeah, that was her. Okay. The yeah, very I don't young... know, like, like the, the, gir- the, the girl that they got playing Jennifer, she looks like, like almost like teenage age. That's it's kind of weird because you know Henry Civil was like playing like girls. Yeah. So it's going to be something interesting with these casting choices. So I don't, I don't hate them. Like I said, I definitely need to see them more. Uh, I need to see more of them in the in the actual costumes and see how they are once all the makeup and and design is done. And yes, Cyrus, I said I watched a man play two whole games. You shut the hell up. <laughs> I will fight you, bro. I will fight you. All right. Yeah, but- like when it when it comes out, I'm definitely gonna give it a. I'm definitely gonna watch it. And if if Netflix pick it up, all right, all right, know it's gonna be you know pretty decent. Hopefully, I mean if they if they got Henry Cavill as Geralt, you know, and Netflix is doing it, they they gotta put money into this. You know, yeah. it's it's not gonna be a small time production. Yeah, I agree. So it's going to be one of those things that's definitely going to be, uh, hey, keep your eye on this because uh, it's probably going to surprise you. But hopping off from there and heading into some of the, the last bit of news that we got, we got a few more things here. Um, speaking of characters that are cast and seeing images of them, the first images of Ruby Rose as Batwoman recently was shown off and Holy shit, does she look amazing. I have to say, and I've been the most adamant about this, is that I love Ruby Rose. I really do. She is a wonderful woman, a badass woman in a lot of her action scenes, and a very good actor. And if anyone could have portrayed Kate Kane on the silver screen, Ruby Rose was probably the best choice that they could have gone with. Because a lot of people hated her and John Wick, and I had to ask them why. They said she didn't talk much. I was like, no, she didn't need to talk. He did her fought, act- like she, yeah, she, she fought. And, but the thing is, her character was a mute. And the way that she portrayed that personality off more with the way that she moved, the way that she talked without needing to talk, and her actions proved how talented she can be. Because there's a difference with acting. You don't always need to be able to speak. 
to be a great actor. It's how you move and everything else. And she shows that she can back up the action with the way that she portrays a quiet character. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like Ruby Rose. She is gorgeous, and like, and she know how to throw hands. So I was like, yeah, this is this is this is an instant, you know, an instant win for you. Yeah, instant win. And I was like, all right, per- they gonna put her as Batwoman. I ain't say no more. So I was like, all right, cool. And and people forget this: Ruby Rose is an open lesbian actress, and she's portraying one of the biggest openly lesbian comic book superheroes around. And that's Batwoman. People forget that Kate Kane is a openly lesbian superhero. And to have an openly lesbian actress playing that character gives it that much more realism. And then this the suit looks amazing too. So I can't, you can't, oh I don't, my know, God. I don't this, know what you can hate about it. I, I honestly don't know. The suit was phenomenal. Her and that, that redheaded wig, dude. Oh my God. She looked just perfect as it. Like, honestly, like pulled straight out of the comic kind of look. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, what's the what's the problem? Why are people like you know? Hate? I, I think people just want to hate to hate. Like, it, it's bad enough that she was given so much crap from so many people that she hopped off Twitter and disabled her account. And yeah, I'm glad she didn't. I'm glad she didn't walk away from the project. I really am because that just makes me more excited for what DC's CW shows are doing because she's supposed to appear in the big crossover event. And possibly gonna get her own show. I would love her to stick around. You're like, yeah, like, ah, oh man, this is like, it's it's weird how people are just hating on it. I, I just, I still can't like understand it. And like, yeah, like I need to definitely catch up on Arrow now. Like, I have to now. I have no choice. Yeah, season six was a phenomenal season, a massive turnaround, really great villain. Great antithesis and what they're doing now. Like, I, I'm excited for the new season with season seven next week because of just the way season six ended. Yeah, I definitely not. I, I definitely need to catch up now. Yeah. So a lot of people, for those who are still watching it, you have to keep checking it out. It really is getting good for what it's going to set up with their big crossover event because each year their crossover events have gotten better and better. Like, from the very first one with just the Arrow versus Flash, and then after that when they first introduced the Legends of Everything, and then last year's one, uh, what was it? I think the the second one was, like, the Dominators when they introduced uh, Supergirl and brought some of the Legends, and then last year's with uh, Crisis on Earth X where they went to the Nazi universe. Yeah. That was awesome, and we got to see, you know, the we got to see the Ray who is probably one of my favorite smaller superheroes. And we got to see the first on-screen show of the Red Tornado. Like, yep, that was yep. awesome. Like, they, they do these crossover events so well. And even if some things are just single for the events or anything, we get so many references and so many looks at other characters across the, the whole DC Bible, you know, it's great for for passionate fans like us who can recognize it and be like, oh, I know who that is, or hey, I know where that's from. Like when they said we're sending a very big uh, weapon, they're like, we're sending in Red Tornado. I was like, wait, what? What? Yeah. yeah. And as soon as you see Red Tornado, I'm just like, oh shit. And he looks, he looks exactly like him. And I was like, wow. I was like, this is good. I like yeah. the flex was good. The way he was flying, everything. I was like, oh yeah, this. 
I like yeah, it. it looked like he was actually in a in his tornado flying across the thing, but you know he's a robot. You know, it's something that people don't don't notice. So now that they're bringing in the first potential character out of the Bat Family after teasing the Bat Family for so long, making references to Bruce Wayne and Gotham City, and originally there was a talks of trying to get Nightwing to come on, but now that we're getting Batwoman of all characters, like, let's do this. Yeah, I I can't wait. I think eventually, like years later, we're like we're about to have the whole like DC family on CW. Mm-hmm. It just seems like that's the way they're going. Like and like they're on a roll with just their TV shows. And like I think they're like nobody can compete with them at this time being. And and you know what part of that goes to is that I, I give a lot of respect to to Greg Guggenheim and his his team from his production company because he's the most passionate about this. This is going through all his production studios, the team of writers that he has, like what they have all accomplished together for this is phenomenal. And I give them the utmost respect in that they're still continuing with this. And I do want to give Warner Brothers props for keeping funding CW with this because there's no better way that this could have worked because we've seen how a lot of the other projects go with live action is that it's always a toss up. Yep. Or it only does well when it's in their animated universe, but the CW TV series, the Arrowverse that they built is phenomenal and it all works together. Yeah, I agree. Like, for example, you know, like Marvel TV shows and their animated shows don't really do good. It's like, it's almost like the opposite. It, and it's sometimes it's, it's a hit or miss. Like this, the agents of shield worked and yeah, we see where they try to tie it into the films, but it's better as a standalone, you know? Yeah. Really, be- it's really better. At the I, like, I stopped after like they kept on like they kept on trying to tie it in and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, like like them doing their own story with the Inhumans, that's perfectly fine. But when they're just like, hey, let's try and bring all this into the MCU, and then we have the in the Inhumans TV show. That a lot of that was just really bad writing, and and that hurts. But you know, we're not going to go into that conversation because I don't want to get depressed. <laughs> <laughs> but it really is one of those things, you know, where the Marvel uh, Netflix TV series, those do great in their own universe. But yes, they do tie into the films and they make reference to the overall MCU events. They work because they stick to their own little continuity while they make references to what's going on outside. Like they mentioned the, you know, the event, you know, with the with the battle of New York with what happened with the evasion of the Chitauri and everything from the first Avengers film and other things. I think there was one episode and I think it was season two of Jessica Jones. I can't remember if they mentioned something about the Sylvia Accords or anything like that. Or no, they were talking about the raft, right? And the raft came after the Sokovia Accords because the raft was set to take care of superpowered individuals. So we know it does make its place within the MCU, but they still focus on their continuity, and that's why they work so well, you know? Yeah, I agree. So it, it's just one of those things that, unfortunately, it's always a toss-up whether it's going to work or not work. But with the way that CW is doing their stuff, it is working well because they're focusing on that. Now, from there, we're going to go ahead and switch on over from our comics and TV shows. We're going to hop on over to anime real quick. But before we do that, 
there is something I want to bring up. Jump Force, right? We all, we're gamers here, me and you, Soul, and we love a lot, and we're absolutely looking forward to Jump Force. And I got my code for the for the beta, right? And I was playing it, and I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. I love it as an arena fighter. It works so well. But my biggest thing that I wanted to talk about with Jump Force is all the character announcements that they've made, right? There's so many that they've, that they've made so far. I think they're at what? Almost 20 characters so far, and they said that they haven't even finished. That more than likely by the time the game releases, we're going to have almost, I want to say, like 40 to 50 characters announced. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not playing games with this one. For damn sure. Yeah, and me and you talked about this almost a year ago when I first heard, when we first heard the rumors of what Jump Force was supposed to be. That it was a big project that they were doing for their 50 year, but we didn't know know what it was and we all at eat right after hey, you announced what his project and seeing just the characters and series that they've select showed off so far it's it's just something amazing so we're going to kind of go down the list and and just talk about some of these um So the first character that we have, uh, or some of the first characters that we got, was Frieza, Goku, and Vegeta from Dragon Ball uh, being announced, which was seems like a given. You know, you got to have the big, the bigs from sh the top shonens around. So having Goku and Vegeta and them were was not too surprising. But right after that, they also showed off Monkey D. Luffy, Sabo, Sanji, and Zoro all from One Piece. You know. That was just something so cool to have. But again, you know, kind of a given having one of the biggest shonens around besides Naruto, Sasuke, and I think those are the only two confirmed from Naruto right now. Yeah. So, so yeah. but right after that, we got the announcement of Bleach characters. And the ones that we got was Ichigo, Rukia, and Aizen. Like, Aizen, Aizen was... Yeah, Aizen was the one that surprised me when they made the announcement from Bleach. Because they're showing right here, they're not just taking the, the good characters, they're also taking a lot of bad characters as well. Yeah. I think because this is going to be, I think it's going to have, I think they did say it's going to have a story, so I think it's going to play well with the story. I'm just, I, I just, I'm looking forward to it. Because not only that, we also have Marshall D. Teach or Blackbeard from One Piece as a character who's also in the beta, who I've been messing around with and kind of digging him. But just recently, we've gotten more announcements. And one of the biggest announcements after they confirmed the Bleach characters was after that, they announced Hunter x Hunter characters. And me and you both got excited for this because they announced Gon, Hisoka, and Killua from Hunter x Hunter as being on the list. Yeah, that Killua is the GOAT. I'm surprised they didn't put uh, Kuropika in there, but eh, I, I I understand why they didn't put him in there. But like, yeah, Soka, uh, Gon, and Killua, I was like, I was like, oh, they they trying to snap. So, oh uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, and so and I've I've been loving it because uh, in the beta they have Gon and Hisuka as playable characters, and I love Hisuka just because of how much of a pervert that dude is. Yeah, he's a complete pervert. Even when he, like, he gets hit, he, like, he moans and all this weird shit. Like, he, he's, he's a freak for sure, and if you don't, 
don't believe us, look up his uh look up him from the tournament arc. That whole fight. <laughs> yeah, something wrong with him. Something completely wrong. He's like the uh he's uh, he's probably worse than that dude off um Tokyo Ghoul. Oh uh who's his name? Uh the purple hair who's in love with uh Kaneki. I forgot his name, but like I, I like vividly remember he's a super pervert. So like yeah, he his obsession with Kaneki is a uh, uh something else. Yeah. Like yeah, but, they're they're like they're they're doing anime justice and they they're they're showing that they they know what fans want. Yes, and, and you know what? Having gone through it and playing it right now, dude, the characters you know what's funny is is my roommate was watching me play it last night and he was laughing that that they're using the big style anime eyes on these characters and he says it's weird on 3D models and I laugh about it but I'm just like I'm okay with it because of how accurate they are to these manga adaptations of 3D models like from the shading the coloring and even during fights if you get messed up too much the 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 character's it, armor it, it, slowly it, breaks it, off it, yeah, yeah. So you actually see it's very manga esque, and I love that. Like, I like there's not much like I really don't care like about many like arena fighters, especially after Storm. But like this one, it like it really caught my eye. Like the effects, the graphics, everything looks great. Even like you know like like the battle damage, it just everything about it just looks good. And I think that this is really going like like. Like have people like this casual like oh oh okay I might you know I might grab this I might yeah like out. like for anyone who's a fighting fan or anything or especially as an anime appreciator like this is probably one of the biggest collaborations we've seen with Shonen Jump in years and what they're doing is they are going through the catalog like we barely scratched the surface of everything that's still yet to be announced because we still have three months before they finish announcing up into February and. Kevin, I don't know what you're gonna say, but go ahead and say it. And fake mate, yes, there's perverts in every anime, but Hisoka is on a whole nother level. He's he's, he's something else. You like, yeah. You can't like really like he he wants you to get like stronger, and so he can like he can do some weird shit to you. He he's he, he he gets off by by hurting you and getting hurt. Like dude is something else. Like like I said, if you haven't seen his fight with was it against Killua? During the the hunter tournament, I believe it was, or or was it against? No, it was against Gone. Yeah, you talking about yeah. Gone? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At one point, he said that he was so excited they did a full animation of him basically getting off in the middle of the fight. Yeah, it had like fireworks going off. I was like, Jesus Christ, fucking chill out, bro. Like this is crazy. Mm hmm. Is it better than fighters? Um. It's, it's his own. It's his own. It's his it, own game. Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't compare because fighters is actually a, a, a anime fighter, so it's like it's yeah. compared comparable to like Blaze Blue, Guilty Gear, stuff like that. But like this is this is just a, a 3D arena arena that's like shits on like uh uh One Piece Raging Blast that that recently that came out uh yeah. that Barut not that Barut game um that My Hero game that uh, was well, just it. Yeah, that one just game. It's it's it's, it's an arena. The... It's an arena fighter. It's not a two D fighter like you would see yeah. in Blaze Blue, Guilty Gear, or or Fighters is, which works for them compared to some three D fighters like we see in the old Budokai Tenkaichi games and stuff like that. You know, yeah. it's not all of those work. Yeah, it's, a, it's in its own own lane because this this is going to be probably the, you know the the best arena fighter 
probably since like you know like Ninja Storm two or something like that. Yeah, I, I would definitely give it to that. Hey, what's going on, Nick? It's good to see you in here. But fake made the anime we we're talking about is called Hunter X Hunter. Look up Hisoka uh, Miura versus Gon and the I'm tournament. Like, this, and this, watch the show. Watch. Uh, it yeah. Up. Yeah, watch the show, but if you're looking for that specific scene on what we're talking about and why he's a messed up dude, that scene alone will show you. But, dude, like, there's still so many more that they haven't even announced or that they're still announcing. And the biggest ones, like, about a couple weeks ago, they announced Yusuke Urameshi and Togro, or uh, Little Brother, from the Dark Tournament arc and Yu Yu Hakusho, which got me so excited because... Yu Hakusho is probably still, you know, top anime of all time, yeah, right up it's there still with culturally irrelevant. So like, yeah, it still holds up to this day. But seeing Yusuke and getting to play with him, dude, using the the spirit gun and the spirit wave, as well as the organ murderer, like, oh, some of the abilities just feel so great to be able to do. But the one that that they don't have in there that surprised me when they made the announcement was Yugi. You know, from Yu-Gi-Oh! And that was one I was just like, what the hell is he going to do? Is he going to, like, set up some holograms and, and just say, hang on, guys, let me play with my cards here. But when they showed him off, he summons the Dark Magician and Dark Magician Girl, which are the two characters that I would tie to Yugi the most. And they do a lot of the, the fighting for him. So he's more of a summoner, but it kind of works. And I was digging it. And his ultimate or awakened ability is he summons Slifer the Sky Dragon. Which oh. I thought was pretty dope. I was like, "Yeah, he's pulling out them Egyptian god cards, bro." <laughs> they should have had uh, what's the? I forgot the card. Kaiba. Uh, not Kaiba. Uh, Exodia. Uh, yeah, Exodia. They they should allow you to get like, you know, all is if all five cards, right? Yeah. All five. Yeah, they should like like throughout the whole game, like the whole match, you could collect like all five cards. <laughs> yeah. And what's Exodia? Nick makes a good point that Yugi's pretty much Pokemon trainer in Smash. It, facts, facts. On yeah, the, facts. <laughs> the, 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 that's facts. But Yugi actually walks around, so as you're attacking, you're you're just summoning Dark Magician, uh, Dark Magician, and Dark Magician Girl to do all the things. But you're actually moving him around, and he's doing it. But yeah, it's pretty much that. He's out. Perfect example. He's like he's like uh, one of the um, he's like a puppet uh, a fighter in Naruto's Storm. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gara's brother. Yeah, he's he, he's like one of those people. He 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 doesn't he doesn't let his hands get dirty. He lets you know his 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 henchmen do the dirty work. Yeah, it, it's something else. But this was the announcement literally two days ago that got me the most hype because we all know my my anime knowledge is more than anyone else, and I watch them old shows. But they announced. And confirmed that Saint Seiya is going to be a part of this. And they announced both Dragon Shiryu and Pegasus Seiya. And Pegasus is in the beta. And I love playing Pegasus because I love using the Meteor Fist and the Comet Fist to fly halfway across the map and attack dudes. Because I just, uh, no one knows Zodiac Warriors, right? Saint Seiya has probably been one of my favorite series of all time. And just getting to play as Pegasus just... Oh, it makes me so excited. I love it so much. Yeah, I heard I heard he's like super OP. <laughs> dude, dude, you he's got some speed on him. Some of his hits don't hit hard, but his speed makes up for it. And if you combo those with his abilities, it's just great. But I loved 
the awakening. So they have this ability called awakenings, right? And basically you go into a character's, you know, evolution form. So like if you use it with Naruto, he goes into sage mode or Ninetale sage mode. If you use it with uh, Goku, he can go Super Saiyan 1. And Gon kind of goes into that form where uh, he doesn't go full when he goes like, gets like super older with the long floating hair, but he charges up with his Nen before he goes that full OP stuff. But using it with Pegasus, seeing the transformation into the, to the Zodiac golden, you know, the golden Zodiac gear. I just, I love it. And seeing him actually bust out the Sagittarius arrow move. Oh, it makes me so happy. Yeah. I was saying, I, I never really watched, you know, Sale and all that, but I was like, he, he looks like he snaps on the game. I was like, yeah, people really loving him. Oh yeah, I lo- I love I loved Pegasus and getting to play as that makes me so so fucking happy. But they also announced some new characters that are being made in uh in addition to the announcements that we already have. Um, that Shonen Jump has partnered with a couple artists to make new characters specifically for this game, and. There are four characters that they confirmed, two good and two evil. And one of the evil characters that are being introduced is called Galena. And the other one is known as Kane. So they're the two characters that have been announced as um, evil characters that are either going to be playable or going to be introduced into the story. As well as the two new good characters that we have is called Glover and Navigator. And Navigator is basically like a robotic floating monkey doll. And I like him. And what and what show is it from? No, it's not from a show. They are special characters made specifically for this game. Oh, uh, okay. And they're, they're actually in the game or they're like the lobby? Yeah, they are going to be in the game. Oh, wow. Okay, that's what's yeah. up. But you can talk to a lot of the characters in the lobby. And, and some of their personalities are just hilarious to see. Like when you talk to Luffy, he says, yeah, you could talk whatever you want about. He's like, but you're not getting any of my meat. And that just makes me laugh because it's like, boy is Man, always oh, eating oh, all the time. Yeah, it, oh, they they portray the the personalities fairly well. Yeah. Oh, and oh yeah. Speaking of Death Note, that's also going to be in there because they confirmed that uh, Oh Light and Ryuk are going to be in there and be a part of the story. Yeah, but they're not actually playable characters, so they're they're more focused on the story. So we'll see what they like. You know what they're actually involved in. Mm-hmm. You know, like probably gonna write down somebody's name and body somebody. He's probably gonna write down Goku's name, and then it, it fails because he doesn't have like a last name or whatever. Crazy shit. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those one of those things. But who knows, man? It I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm really impressed by it. Oh yeah, oh, I that's why I already pre-ordered that collector's edition. I don't even care. I want that statue with all of them together. Oh man, big baller. You damn right. It's just uh dude, it's just so good. It it really is. It plays well. And once they start fixing a lot of the stress testing right now with the doing with the, the betas and start putting in more characters, I'm just I'm excited for, for what this what this game is going to be. It's gonna be a benchmark for anime fans and gaming fans all across, dude, because you're talking about fifty years worth of characters across Shonen Jump's history. I'm still waiting on JoJo's, by the way. Just saying, they, they, Jump. You already know they're going to put JoJo's in there. They better. 
that's a that's a given. They're just waiting. They're they're going. I they're know waiting. they. I know they waiting. I just want they're them letting, to say it already. Yeah, they're letting the hype build up, and then they're, they're going to have every JoJo fan freak the fuck out. Probably. I think that the ones that they're going to put in for certain, of course, they're going to have Dio because they have to have an evil character. Uh, I think that they're going to put in Joseph and Jotaro, maybe Josuke, but I doubt they're going to put in. Uh, I doubt they're going to put in the very first Joe Star. I, I doubt they will. Hey, like I'm, I don't know none of these characters. I I, I kind of know Dio, but like everyone knows Dio. Yeah. Jotaro is the Jotaro's the the very popular one. Yeah, yeah, from from Stardust Crusaders, the one who's got the big leather jacket and the yeah, really yeah. cool hat. I want that hat, by the way. Just saying. Yeah, but he's he's one of the most popular JoJo characters, and then Joseph is the one who uh, everyone knows from New York from the second part. Oh, it's like a different character every like season or something. Yeah, it, uh, each part of the story follows a different member of the Jo the the Joe star family. So it's a different character every time. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's one of those, one of those things like part five golden one just started right now and it's following the, uh, the Italian fam side of the family. And I think this one is centered around Koichi, I believe, or, uh, as I call him the Italian stallion, but you know, it's whatever. I love those characters. Dude. Like seriously, if you haven't watched Jojo's go watch it. But, like, I don't know. Jump Force just gets me so excited. It really does. I'm so hyped for it. But from there, what we're going to talk about here for our last topic is Studio Trigger. Now, for those who don't know about Studio Trigger, Studio Trigger is the, is the studio behind... Darling and the Franks, Kill a Kill, behind uh, Gurren Logan, all those really big uh, series, right? Uh, especially from all their time at Gainax. Well, they just announced their new project that is coming out, and it's called Primore. I believe that's how it's pronounced. It's Prim Primore or Primare. But... They are working on a new project right after they just finished, uh, right after having just finished Darling of the Franks earlier this year. And they're, the amount of work these guys do and constantly doing with each of their projects from all across, from Kill a Kill to even, uh, you know, Little Witch Academia and Darling of the Franks and everything else. This one looks really cool because uh, it's about firefighters. Really cool looking firefighters that uh have giant mechs because it it's gotta. It's also kind of like its own crossover show among their stuff. It's it's kind of hard to describe because it's just it's very trigger, right? It's just something that they do. Nick on the on the hatred there on Death Note, I'm gonna have to uh say no on that. Oh, sorry. Oh man. Too much, too much. Death Note is still, you know, best well thought out thinking anime. It's long, yes, but it is still very intelligent, just like uh I will fight you right now, bruh. See, it's well thought out just like uh Code Geass. 
You a bum. That's what you get for missing anime for eight years and coming back into it. Eight years? Jesus Christ. What are you doing with your life? Uh, having kids is what he's doing. Oh. Eh. <laughs> See, so mean you don't got to worry about that. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm trying to live life. You know, watch anime, play video games. Draw in his free time. Yeah. That too. But yeah, man. But I, I, I have to say that this new this new project from Studio Trigger. Studio Trigger is probably one of the most active animation studios. And make fire animation. Yeah, fire. they do. Did you see the video that I sent you for the new oh, yeah, series yeah, Mark? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it, but it's it's like a compilation of like all the stuff that they worked on. So I didn't. It was there something at the end that I was supposed to like watch? Like, no, uh, it, it it was just a short teaser for it. But it's a compilation of all their stuff, and yet yeah. at the same time they're all like firefighters and giant mechs, and it's just nonsensical craziness. But it's great animation, and I'm perfectly fine with what Studio Trigger does. Yeah, like every, anything they, they do, I'm, I'm I'm watching it. It's, it's, that's what it is. I know they're gonna make some some god tier fight scenes or just animations. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm I'm definitely in it. So. Who cares if they got anime titties all around the place? It still works. Listen, you gotta have fan service somewhere because Kill the Kill was nothing but you know fan service. Well, you know what's funny though is that the director likes fan service, but it always ends up playing a part in the story. So it's not just fan service, just for fan service. Yeah, like he, he, he like, we're gonna have fan service for the purpose. Yeah, basically, I mean, if you look at Kill a Kill, they explain why the suit works the way it does. <laughs> yeah, and even in uh, Darling of the Franks, which y'all still ain't watch, there's a reason why it's nicknamed Doggy Style the anime. But when you oh, actually get down, no. <laughs> I mean, they all the all the mechas have to be piloted by a man and a woman, and. Just the positioning, everyone nicknamed it that. But when you find out the story later on, it makes sense on why it is. That's because, okay. yeah, <laughs> that they, they know what they do and they love to mess with everyone's thought process on it, but it always plays out. Oh no. Oh, Nick jumped in here. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That was good. You know, I had to hop in here real quick because everybody wants to talk trash about about it, about me and, and and my fake anime fandom. So I just wanted to come in here and, and say, "What's up? How y'all doing? How's the podcast going?" You gotta come defend his dignity. I gotta come defend nothing. I don't gotta come defend nothing. Why do I got? I ain't gotta come defend nothing. Zip not a nothing. What are we talking about here? Because I know y'all was talking about jump force when I hopped in here. Yeah, I was talking well, about uh, Studio Trigger. In the next project that they're probably potentially working on. And what is that project here? It's called Pramare. It's basically a compilation of all their all their their animations over the past decade and their own story. So it's starting to be some crazy shit. Yeah. So you're talking Gurren you're talking Gurren Logan, you're talking Kill a Kill, uh Little Witch Academia, uh Space Patrol Laluco, Darling in the Franks. Everything they worked on the past decade. Oh, Kiss Niver is another really great one too. That sounds interesting. I may have to. Uh, I may have to watch. You're gonna have to watch everything from Studio Trigger because Studio Trigger is the goat of the anime industry, right up there with uh, Sunrise and uh, Madhouse. <laughs> Ed Norton in the chat. What's going on, bro? 
Hey, what's up with you, Ed? Now you hop in here. That's for sure. That's for sure. That sounds interesting. Like I said, I got I got to get in on some of these anime. Like I said, I'm still catching up. I'm I'm still behind all that I know, stuff. You right eight now. years behind, bro. <laughs> Oh, someone's got babies in the background. Hold on. Oh. Hold on. Hold on. Oh no, we gotta put the kids on on silence right there. Love the little ones, but we gotta we gotta watch. That. <laughs> oh. Uh, man. But man, there, there's uh, there's just so much coming out for for anime, and I think uh, there there really are a lot of big moves being made. Another one that I'm really excited for that was recently announced, and I know all you frauds don't know this series, but a certain scientific uh, railgun and a certain magical index is getting another new spinoff series called a certain a uh, certain scientific accelerator, following one of my favorite characters from the series, which is Accelerator. He's getting his own spinoff series. I'm yeah, I'm be real with you, man. I have no idea what is going on, but like I I, I did check out the trailer. It look like it look, it look like so like I don't know if people watch it, but like I'm gonna give it what? its props. I'm gonna give it its props because the other one like a certain uh, what is it, a certain magical index. I said ah, but this one and the, the main character look cool. So I'm like all right, yeah. accelerator look cool. Accelerator is dope, and he premieres in a certain scientific railgun. So you have to watch a certain scientific railgun to see where his character first appears. But all three are connected in their own spinoff series, and I love each and every one of them because I love paranormal, I love the espers and the telekinetic things, and the shit gets wild and it's just funny. I love all the characters around, but Accelerator is probably one of my favorite characters out of the series. And the fact that he's getting his own spinoff now just has me so hyped. Yeah. Uh, I like the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I like the trailer. And and it like in and like even in the article, he looks like he looks dope. I like the little purple aura he has around him. He looks like he can it what, does he have a sword or he has what do you like a baton? What's I can't like? wait he, to see one more. Does he does he have like a weapon, like a baton or a weapon or he, does he have like a king? No, he 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 doesn't. He, he... Well, I'm saying I'm saying that like the like the wall like the I guess like the the picture looks like he's holding like a cane or a baton or something. He he kind of oh yeah he has a he has a a cane of kind of a sort that it's like a cane that comes out of a gun. Uh okay. So, like I said, Accelerator is, is dope, but I always laugh at his shirt because it looks like a, a prison guard because of this way the stripes are lined up. Yeah, and he has like this. He has, well, he has like he got like a uh, like a, a neck. Uh, what is what you call him? Like a choker on a yeah, necklace. Choker. Yeah, that looks like it's a kind of like a a neck collar. Yeah. Yeah. I like his. Uh, yeah, I like his design. He he looks dope. Yeah, dude, he he really is. But fake mate, you want to an anime with nothing but fan service? Uh, High School DxD or uh, Queen's Blade? There you go. Definitely Queen's Blade. Just saying. Best around. That is a that is a beautiful work of art. Uh, but to end off here with our last announcement here is 
There is a special anime that is currently in select theaters right now, so you do need to go look for this. Um, that's really for fans of anime as well as hip hop culture. Yeah, and it's a really big project done between a Japanese artist and a French artist, and the the movie is called MFKZ or Mofuckus. And and I say that because of the fact of the talent that's doing the English dubbing of it, because it has the RZA and the RZA and most people from Wu Tang Clan are really big anime fans and lovers of old style martial arts films. Has Danny Trejo also doing a voice in it, as well as a lot of other big names from other big shows. Uh, um. Michael Chiklis from American Horror Story. We have Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad. We have Jorge Guterres from The Book of Life. We have Dasha Polanco from Orange is the New Black. Uh, and we have Vince Staples and, uh, being in it, besides the Risen Danny Trejo. So, like, these are real big-name actors who are doing the the voices for this. And the animation looks really great. Because you can see where it's French styled, but it's animated with that Japanese aesthetic, dude. Like it's, it is something really unique and interesting. What are your thoughts on it, Soul? I'll say, yeah, I, I'm about to, I'm gonna watch it on, you know, Tuesday. I'm going to move to go see that thing, you know. Oh hell yeah, man. Uh, I'm going Tuesday myself because there's a there's a theater out here that's gonna be yeah, doing it. Yeah, it's only one showing, so like, I, 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 yeah. And I'm just like, yo, I was like, I'm glad we got here because I'm gonna go see motherfuckers real quick. Because this this is one of those social media company, and and we're checking the advertisements, and I saw an advertisement for this thing, and I was like, what the fuck is this? I look at the video and all, and I'm just like, yo, I'm for this. Let's go. I'm like, let's do this. I was like, I got to do this now. So, dude, it is it is going to be one of those things that I'm absolutely excited for. So, dude, it's just, yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It is one of those films that is just going to be so dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I'm, I'm definitely can't wait to see it. Like, I, I'm kind of still confused on what's going on in the film, but like, I kind of understand because they're saying that you know the main character gains powers and he starts to see things that he didn't normally see before. So, like, I can't wait to actually like you know see it. It looks oh. dope because they, they, they're like you know they're mixing like anime with like you know like the street and like the hip hop elements. So like, yeah, and it, 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 it's like uh, it's an entire. Like I said, it is something else because it's an entire love child between a French artist and a Japanese artist all talking about their own unique style take of L.A. You know, it's all in L.A. And that just kind of shows this mix of, of culture, dude. It, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to, to describe it, but as they call it, it's a sci-fi vision that mixes anime, film noir, lucha libre, gang culture, and an orgy of first-person shooter mayhem. Like, it is all over the fucking place. So, like, if that, like, at all, that description gets you excited, you have to go watch Motherfuckers. 
But you know, that's just that's just me. But you know, Soul already got his ticket. I got my ticket. You know, we're gonna be there. You know, we're gonna talk about it. But seems that things are as man, tech issues going wild today for everyone right now. But we hit all our big topics, so we're about to head on out of here. All of our social media is down below. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, all over the place. You can find us on Xbox. You can find us on uh, Mixer, all over. But we're about to head out of here. So peace out. Check you later, guys.